When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Jesse T, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. Welcome to the episode here with uh, Jesse T. I want to ask you, I feel like this is probably something very common, and maybe it's like people are like, really, that's your first question, but does the T stand for Tobin? No, of no. course, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it's my last name. Uh, so Trenier is my last name. But when I first started kind of gigging around and stuff, I've obviously my, my real name is Jesse. That's a, that's a truth. But okay. I found, I found the spelling was kind of all over the place. So I just ended up going with Jesse T kind of out of convenience and it worked out pretty well. I don't know. There's like a little zing to it, you know? So we, that's where we stuck with it. That's fair, because I feel like if you put it up on like a marquee or something, it's like Jesse, and then it's like, ah, how do you pronounce that? I like what? How? How does that work? It's exactly. Like, I, see, I see names like in hockey because we're Canadian, so people know the reference. But it's like Absolutely. Taves. When I remember watching a World Junior and seeing that when I was a child of Taves on the screen, I'm like, that's Jonathan Toes. <laughs> like, no, it's not. Or it's like, you know, people like Sydney. You named a guy Sydney. I'm like. Yeah, but now it's cool because it's Sidney Crosby. So exactly, <laughs> it is so uh, true. Well, and there's a lot of people that do go with their last names, but this it started as like a way to kind of do the cover band thing, which is how I started. I started playing kind of a bunch of covers in different local pubs and and venues and stuff like that. And so it was out of convenience for that, and it just kind of continued to work. Where did you get your kind of? musical influence too because i know a lot of people will say they had a family member involved or at a young age they were involved in music but like where exactly did it come for you so i totally grew up in a household that was just like full of music you know my mom was baking like christmas cookies or any sort of like baking there was always music going my dad played guitar so he used to come home after work and kind of throw his feet up on the table and noodle. So I think the love of music and just kind of being immersed in it came at a really young age. But the first time I remember thinking that like this was something that I was interested in doing was we used to go on family, uh, family camping trips okay. and with my dad's side. And we all used to sit and play guitars around the campfire. And we had a, a Last Kiss by Pearl Jam was our family song. And I just remember thinking this would be so cool if I could like play guitar and sing so my family could sing along. So that was when like, I think that was the first taste of the bug that I got. I was like, okay, we need to do this. At what age did you really like develop it? Cause like, listen, like I can sit here and say, I watched like Steve Eiserman and Mario Lemieux play hockey. And I'm yeah. like, man, totally think I could do that. And then like you go and try 15, you put on your skates and then you're like, all right, I wasn't never in hockey when I was like seven and eight. So I'm already behind. Right. And by that point I'm like, I just like it for fun, but it never, it never really drove as a goal. Like it was always like, okay, that's a pastime and I like it. But then like when I was maybe 20 odd, I was like, man, it'd be cool to be on SNL. And I was like, you know what? Maybe not. Maybe I just yeah. want to like, maybe I just want to have conversations with people and develop that. But like at what crossroads do you think, you were like, you know what, I'm going to take this seriously. It's not just going to become like a pastime. So it's an interesting question because, um, I mean, I face that every day is whether yeah. or not it's what I will continue to do. And I think as if most musicians are being honest, uh, about once a week, we consider doing something else. But especially over the last few years, there was a part of my heart that I that I really learned that I would never honestly be happy unless this was what I was doing. But I started taking piano lessons at eight and then I started vocal lessons at 13 and my dad put a guitar in my hand when I was 15. I made this like 
shitty little karaoke CD for Christmas. My uncle got me recording time and it was everything from like Evanescence, Anna Nachlick, <laughs> Russian Wilson. You gotta find that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I hope you can't. <laughs> but, and we gave one of these things out to everybody that we knew. And one of them made its way up to a producer in Kitchener. And that was when kind of the original side of music really I, I became aware of. And then I think at that point, there was a dedication to the idea of working at this as a craft. Then at 20, there was a dedication to kind of moving to Kitchener to kind of take this more seriously, be closer to the music. So there's been that kind of, to answer your question, there's been different points in my life where I've kind of had to make a decision on whether or not music was something I was going to do full time. And, uh, yeah. So I would say seriously, seriously gigging started 17 and then probably 20 when I moved to, to Kitchener. Okay. Now I know you said like you moved closer to Kitchener to be closer, to like say production and music wise, but like, yeah. I'm just curious from, again, this is a, a small mind in Newfoundland opinion. Some people out there right now are going to cancel me. Cause they're like, excuse me, I'm a Newfoundlander too. We don't have small minds. I'm like, okay, I'm saying it. Cause the question yeah. I'm about to ask is going to be like, why? But like, Music side country, people usually go, say, Nashville, you know, down to the States, and they give it a shot. Was it, why Kitchener? Was it just because you were just kind of like just trying to dip your foot in the water and just be like, hey, I don't want to make that big of a move quite yet? Yes, I've made a connection with a producer up here, Rick Hutt, that I was kind of working with on and off from the time I was 15 to the time I was 20. And I kind of got to the age uh, at my parents' place, and I think we've all been there. It's like, okay, I think I need a little bit more freedom. Yeah. And realistically, nowhere else really made sense. It was like, I'm still within a drive uh, that I can head home if I need to. I had kind of made a few connections with different local artists and, and musicians up here, so I kind of knew some people moving here. And there was no real decision made. We came to look at like apartments just as like, we'll see how this goes. Yeah. And that weekend I signed my lease and I was gone a month later. For me as a person, when I make decisions, it's like I think about them and stew on them for so long. And then once it gets made, it's like a month later, we're already in it. Like there's no time to yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I feel like I'm very similar to you in that sense because it's like when I wanted to do this podcast originally in like 20, I'd say 2017. Yeah. Uh, like probably around that. Like I, it wasn't just like, cause I've seen so many people create content. You go to their YouTube channel or Spotify and it's yeah. like one episode or five and then it's done. And I'm like, all right, what about if there's people out there that really like that? You just kind of yeah. dipped. Right. So I was kind of like, I just don't want to be, Hey, I just did this for like an internship and um, thanks for listening. Bye. And then people are like, yeah. I will never invest in anything you do ever again. I'd be like, that's fair. <laughs> so I was kind of like for a whole solid year, I, and I don't want to make it sound like it's like the mentality of, oh, I was developing things. I was No, it was just me sitting there like, okay, but if I do this, I need intro music. I need extra mm -hmm. music. Who's going to be involved? What exactly is this? And then there were people in like my friend group, like, are you, are you postponing it? Like, what's going on? I'm like, no, no, no. It's like, there's just yeah. a lot of, hey, I want to be committed to this. And it's like yeah. the same thing when deciding a university. I applied to like four or five and got into like Carlton in Ottawa. And right. I think my parents were like, you won't last a week up there. And then I was like, all right, there was a part of me. It's like, what about if I don't last a week? And then I come home and yeah. prove their point. So I kind of was like, I could have been up there like a weekend. Like, this is horrible. I hate this. But I was like, yeah. no, <laughs> you can't go back and tell them that they're right. So I was just I'm like, here. I don't care if someone mugs me every day of the week. I'd be like, I'm staying here until I finish. <laughs> and they'd be like, it's okay to come home. I'd be like, no, you say that until I come home. You're like, told you so. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You you can pour cement on my feet. I'm staying here. But it's so true. Like what, whatever it is, I think there's one of the best pieces of advice I got really early on is that not every day is going to feel inspirational. Not every day you're going to wake up and be like, oh, it, like, you know, the, the fairy tale, the Disney princess thing where the birds are flying in your window. That would be creepy, though. But not every day is going to feel like one that you want to wake up and start creating, be it a podcast or, or music or playing shows. But there's a dedication to craft. And I think that's where it becomes more than just a hobby and more than like a passion that you're like willing to kind of work on and make a career out of, right? You got to get up and you got to go to your job. And some days are going to feel like the best thing and other days are going to feel like work. But 
when the payoff happens, it's so much sweeter if you're dedicating to something that you're really passionate about. And I think that's kind of where that difference is. So I want to kind of go off that point because I know when you're saying like obviously highs of highs, you feel like, okay, great. I worked hard. This is an accomplishment. And there's other days that you're right. It does kind of feel like work. Like some days I'm sitting here like, oh my God, like I got to do this and this and this, and this is just pain in the hole. But like the pandemic, I think really, like if you want to talk about the moment of like, just say if this was a movie, that climax Mm -hmm. of like, all right, this is your, this is your breaking point. Like I'm giving you an out. Like everyone else is kind of in the pandemic as well. If you want to dip out now, no one's going to blame you. Yeah. But I felt like in the pandemic, it was more or less like there's two ways for me to look at it. Maybe you're similar is I was like, all right, so we have a whole bunch of musicians out there, a whole bunch of movie stars that maybe they're looking at and saying, great, I get a relaxation break. If you're that made that you don't have to worry. But I'm like, there's other independent acts out there like, all right. I don't want to come across as like, hey, I know you're all in a pandemic, but check out my new CD. <laughs> but at the okay. same point, it's like I have to kind of do that because I want you to like know like everything's not doom and gloom. And I do need you to check out my music because that's kind of what I'm doing to, to yeah. make a living here. Right? 100%. So totally. that's how I felt about what podcasting. I was like, all right, I kind of like doing it. And I felt like there's going to be more people that are interested now because where's the platform? Yeah, yeah, you have Instagram. Yeah, you have Facebook. But maybe not every day you want to come on and sing a song. Maybe there's some days that you're like, dude, I just want to have a conversation with someone to kind yeah. of promote stuff. Absolutely. And it was it was a really kind of fine line to be able to walk between. Because, of course, as a musician, like a lot of the reason why I started doing this was because there were stories inside of me or feelings inside of me that I was looking to express in different ways, right? So during that time, it was a real fine line of like figuring out when I needed to be the Jesse T figuring out when I needed to take a break for myself and then figuring out how to promote and then also just keep my heart happy. And like, it was this constant, like not even juggling, but balancing act. And I really kind of took like, I would say a week or two off when it first hit and that was the longest break that I had had from music since starting it at 17. Most of the time I play anywhere from two to seven gigs a week. And I have been since I've kind of been doing music full time. So it was a real kind of like shocking moment, but it, it, I think a lot of us as horrible as it was really settled into having more mental space to kind of create. And I think a lot art that came out of this music like any sort of art um was is is going to be some of the best art that we hear for the next little bit because everybody got bored and so when you get bored that's where creative ideas kind of spark from right so yeah it was it was a weird time but it was also kind of a cool time creatively looking back on it i think it's interesting that you mentioned that because like you know when i'm when i was younger and you'd see like I don't know. I was kind of into like NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, like all that stuff. And like, you're a kid. So your mind is like just here in the moment and everything else is like, it's your own little bubble. Right. So it's like, I I would see like a Backstreet Boys CD and I'd be like, cool. And then it's like, all right, so when's the next one coming out? And then be like, I don't know, two years later. And you're like, so you only released three music videos on much music and now it's a new album. And like, like as a kid, you're like, this is stupid. Just release all your songs on the album but yeah. you don't realize like it's older. It's like, oh, it's smart. They're releasing three songs, get you to yeah. buy another CD, release three songs. But sometimes they take like a five-year break and you're like, you think I'm going to stay with you for five years? Like, what are you doing? But then there's the marketing side that's like, yeah, because you like their music. But now it, like in, in today's world, it's just singles. And I used to think of like Ed Sheeran for, it comes, it comes to mind because I like Ed Sheeran. But when okay. I was in university, I was like, man Ed Sheeran you come out with one song and then you go on hiatus for a year like this is fucking stupid like I can't commit to you but then like then you look back and you're like but every song he puts out after the hiatus that he takes or mental break is -hmm. good it's golden so I'm like if that's what it takes for you to come out with good music Mm -hmm. fine because I'd rather that than Ed Sheeran be like I got an album out today and I'm gonna release an album in two two months time and you're like okay uh, they sound same and not great so yeah Totally. I, I agree with you. Like the mental break sometimes helps because there are definitely songs out that I listen to now and I'm like, 
don't know if that would be so good. Yeah. If, uh, if you came out with that, like, I guess in the pandemic sense, if we didn't have that. Absolutely. Well, and that's where like, it's, it's kind of an odd thing, the music business to put, yeah. in, to put in quotations and not that I'm, I'm far from an expert, but we are people at the end of the day. And like people need breaks, they need life experiences in order to create new things. You know, if you're sitting in the same four walls, eventually you're going to run out of ideas because there's only so many things in a room, right? Yeah. Once you step out of that room, sometimes it takes time to be able to do that. And and we see it a lot where people get kind of the, the claim to fame, the 15 seconds, and they run through all of their good stuff and then they're stuck and it's like, okay, well, what are we doing from here? You need yeah. time to kind of be able to grow with an artist. And, and I can speak from my own experiences. Uh, my last full length album or my project was out in 2016. So I took a fair chunk of time away from kind of putting out music, but a certain amount of that was just working on my craft. And a certain amount of that was, I wasn't really dedicated to the music that I was creating at that time. You know, it was really, really good, but which one defined me? Yeah. And I got really bugged up in this idea of like, well, it needs to be the newest song. When in reality, it was actually Rick Barker who Rick Barker and I that were talking and he said, your fans want to be brought on your journey. It's important to let them see every step of it because there's going to be songs that are old for us, which they usually are by the time they hit, like by the time they're released, we've been listening to these things for like anywhere from six months to like three years. Um, but they're brand new for other people. And so it's important to kind of take people on that journey, but yeah, it's, it's a weird balance. No, I think that's an interesting concept. Cause I don't think I've ever really thought about that. Like sometimes, and, and it just goes over my head. Cause you will see artists that will come out and say their, their promo piece of, Hey, this is my new song, blah, blah, blah. And like, sometimes yeah. you're like, you don't seem as excited about your new song. And then it's like, well, number one, it's probably a forced promo cause they need to do this. And yep. number two, it's almost like, how would you feel if you listen to your same episode over and over again? And someone was yeah. like, you can't release that yet. Like, I, I think it's I think it's interesting in the social media world where we want kind of realism, and yeah. like I think we sh people are a little bit like when they get it they're kind of like okay we didn't want that real real I'm like you can't have it both ways like no. the example I give is when people are like well Robin Adelini comes to mind and it's like geez like on our social media sometimes she's as real as it gets and sometimes yeah. she's like all right like I'm putting out this song like I've been working on for like six months and I'm just still like. Oh, like sometimes artists don't let you know how long they're working on an album or a song, but yeah. you know, and then she'll be like, it's, it's been a long process. And I'm just like, Oh, and now she's admitting that it's a long process. Like yeah. people are like, wow, she doesn't sound happy. I'm like, no, she is letting you know that she's heard this for six months and she's yeah. finally like, okay, let's, let's go. Let's bring it out and see what you think. But she's awesome. Like, yeah. yeah, she just kind of tells it as it is, which which I really appreciate. I think that's refreshing. And in the world of social media, like so many of us get caught up in being this perfect image, like to your point, right? Oh, Everything yeah. has to be crystal clean. And there is a fine line between obviously like being real and then being like too real. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we don't need some of that information. Yeah. But I think it is really there's a cool thing happening nowadays that people get to be a lot of their, like their genuine selves. And like, that is what people are more so attaching to than even what you're creating a lot of the time, which is, which is odd. Like if you're subscribed to who someone is as a person, yeah. if you would like to sit down and have a drink with someone or a coffee with someone, you're probably going to be way more compelled, like to the stuff that they're putting out because you enjoy what their mind does. And I know I'm a big fan of Robin because of how I can see her mind is working with not only the songs she creates, but also like the contents she puts out. Like Nicole Ray is another example of that. Katie Topham, Elise Saunders, like there's a yeah. bunch of people that I'm fortunate enough to call my friends that uh, I really appreciate not only the content they create, but also their minds that I get to kind of witness throughout that process. I think, yeah, because I was going to mention this a little bit earlier, because with social media, there's like the pro and the con of like, if you look back to when we were listening to music, like, you know, like they didn't have that social media. So like, you don't know, and I'll just use this as an example, but like, you don't know what Nick Carter is actually like behind the scenes. Now with social media, you kind of get a grasp of it, but like, 
there is an aspect that sometimes you're like, oh, okay, I don't need to know all about that. Like, it's great, yeah. but it's almost like you find, sometimes you're like, are you getting pushed to kind of promote this or is that truly what you are? Yeah. But I do find like to kind of give you a compliment with social media. And like, I find a lot of like the newer acts that we have on that do it is like, you have no kind of fear of being like, Hey, guess what? I just bought this on Amazon today and I'm going to show you like this big green screen and all this. And like, I'm sure there are people out there like, wow, it's like, she got a green screen from Amazon. I thought like, thought she was doing better than that. But I'm just like, what do yeah, you right. mean? Like, what do you, like, what do you mean? Like we all have green screens from Amazon or like whatever, but at least she's telling you like, Hey, yeah. I'm bringing you a part of this journey rather than coming on social media every so often, just being like, Hey, check out my new song. I'd be like, okay, yeah. great. Like I'd much so rather that. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Well, and, and a part of that, like there's the, there was the viral sound where it's like, everything is content. Everything is content. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I first heard that. I was like, Oh my God, like scroll past it. And then I was like, wait a second. Like there is something to that idea. Like again, bringing people, if someone has followed me, I'm so sorry, but this yeah. is what you're going to get. Like I even say that at my cover gigs. I'm like, hi, I'm Jesse T on the entertainment tonight. And if you're, unfortunately, if you're not entertained, you're stuck with me either way. Yeah. Once someone follows me online, it's like, of course I want to make content that people are interested in, but a certain amount of it is also just like, what am I up to in, in daily life? Like, what are we working on? And like, yeah. you know, I have a, a, in that case, like I had a video release party. So it's like, it, it's not just the day hits and everything is in place. It's like, I have to read reviews on Amazon to figure out which friggin' projector I'm buying. Yeah. Or it's going to be viewed on like a bunch of Tiki posters, you know, like, exactly. So that's been something, especially since the pandemic has been something that I've been trying to work on is just being more honest and bringing people along to like, maybe the things that might not be as typically exciting in the music industry but so then it's not just hi listen to my new single you know yeah. nothing about me i think like not to cut you off there but just to kind of give you like a compliment of it it's just like i know when we were doing probably a year ago from today or probably maybe it could have been two years ago when we were interviewing like jess and tay sometimes you see like the sponsored ads or sometimes they're like i'm like wow like now knowing it on the other end i'm like you put money into that sponsored ad you want people to look at it but yeah. I remember scrolling across like your content and I'm like, okay, it's another, it's another music act. This is great. And yeah. then I was like, all right. But like, it was only recently when I started seeing like with the behind the scenes stuff and like, I'm not going to lie. There was like the one where it was like the projector. I was like, Oh, yeah. I, like, I want to see what she bought this projector for. And then <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. The outfit alone, where it was just like the white uh, yep. top. And I was just like, man, it looks like, it looks like she just got out of the bed, but she's allowing us to be in her life. I'm like, yeah, this is someone like you said that I would probably feel more com like more confident in saying, hey, do you want to have a conversation compared yeah. to if all the thing I saw on your social media was like, hey, this is Jesse T. Check out my new music. I'd be like, I feel like if I asked her for a conversation, she'd just be like, what am I here for? Well, yeah. thank you for, thank you for uh, first off, like obviously watching and all that kind of stuff, but also reaching out. So we had a, an official chance to chat. Cause it's, it's yeah. really nice. You can be able to connect with people face to face rather than just like a bubble, you know, with some yeah. text. Like that's, that's my go-to where it's like, so my go-to and, and you know, uh, if things go well, we'll keep this going, but it's like, awesome. I think with Broadtree, it's not even now where I send them messages. It's just a voice message from Instagram where I'm just like, what do you at, guys? Like any, yeah. anything on the go? And then they're just still like, we like these more than other people's messages. And I'm just like, sometimes that's how you stand out a little bit too. So people yeah. are just still like, okay, I got 50, I got 50 messages. Do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? It's like, Hey, why is this random like voicemail here? And then you listen to it. You're like, I, right, you won. You're like, you want us yeah. over from their voice message. So totally. Yeah. It, it's all about standing out sometimes. And how can you stand out? Exactly. And like everybody, I know this summer in particular has been like overwhelming with like just the world kind of being more back to normal in, in certain aspects, but like getting kind of lost in the industry, right? Getting lost in emails and trying to keep up with all of the notifications coming from all of the different apps and stuff. And so to just have a chance to like sit down and talk to somebody yeah. face to face, you know, words to words, it's, it's so nice. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. really nice having a single release right now. So then I actually get to talk to people that I, that I haven't had a chance to connect with in a while or ever. Right. 
in my, in my mind, I kind of looked at this from the, the very standpoint when I first started, this was just audio because I was just a, like, again, you have to build your own confidence. I know yeah. there are people out there that will just be like, are you like, what's, what are you trying to say? I'm just like, I never felt confident on camera yet here. I was in a radio broadcast program, sports journalism. And then they're just like, so what exactly do you expect to do with all this? I'm just like, you know that joke when people are like, you would make a good radio face. So like your face, I'm just like, that's going to be me. I will live up to that. And then years later, I was just like, man, I, I, I just couldn't sit here with a phone and just be like listening. And I'm just like, I'm not getting people's reaction. I can't tell if they're getting my joke. And then half the time it's just like, I know it's like two or three seconds of dead silence on the phone, but that feels like 50 seconds. And you're like, Totally. Did I just totally offend somebody? Not that it matters that much, but you're still just like, okay, that's three seconds of dead air. Um, yeah. What's going on? But at least in like real time, you can be like, oh, their video froze or, hey, they're taking the time to process what you said or they're Take reading your off. face reaction. Because there's a difference in saying, I hate Trump and then like literally looking and being like dead face and yeah. being like, man, I hate Trump. He's such a loser. And then people yeah. are like, oh, he's just joking around. Like I, I can say the same thing. Okay, but. On a voicemail, it's just a, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, there's more that you get from from the visual and audio standpoint, right? Yeah. It, but it's it's fascinating, like being like again as an artist, kind of having to learn to be comfortable in all of these different settings. Cause like some interviews are on radio. So you're in like a radio station and you're like, Oh my God, like, is this what it looks like? Or like you're on your phone and you're like, this feels casual, but like, who's going to hear this or live from the, the Jesse shrine wall over here. But yeah, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to be face to face and like, yeah, get to know somebody more personally in that way. I feel like I've been in radio environments where I go in and like, I see it on TV, what it looks like, or like, you know, like a kid from Newfoundland seeing like, I don't know, like Toronto, Ontario commercials. I was so entrenched. And then like you go into this like little radio station or studio and I'm like, dude, this is like the top radio station in like Toronto or wherever it could be Ottawa. And I'm just like, you guys look like you're in my basement. And right? they're like, and they're like, they look like you'd be like, and I'm like, no, no, it's totally fine. It's just that I imagine it to be like this big set and you guys being spaced out. But literally, it's like if one of you accidentally bumps the elbow, you're literally like, ow, you hurt me. I'm just like, that's live on air now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Hello, I'm Wendy Mesley. There you are. A lot of people have wondered what happened to you. I could say the same about you, Maureen Holloway. Well, here we are, a few years after we left our previous jobs. We've been busy. We have a podcast. I know, you're thinking who doesn't, but ours is really good. It's called Women of Ill Repute. We don't just talk to women, though. Just the most interesting people you'd ever want to meet. Artists, musicians, comedians, doctors. Activists, convicts, writers, sex workers. Drop some names. Jan Arden, Pamela Anderson, Bruce Coburn. Samantha Irby, Louise Penny, Marilyn Dennis, Colin Mockery. We laugh, we cry, sometimes we argue. Come and find us. Our website is womenofillrepute.com. Or try Apple, Spotify, and all the podcast places. So now you know what happened to us, Women of Ill Repute. I want, I want to ask, because like to get into the context here, a little bit of the music side of things as well. Like Now, you mentioned about your... If you go to your social media, you can see the behind-the-scenes stuff. I want to do a little bit of promotion for the actual song itself. So okay. tell people the latest song. I've heard it. There are times when I look at the music video and I'm just still like, interesting. I like that you <laughs> kind of told people like where you shot it to. Cause I'm just still like, I wouldn't have guessed that. I would have just been like, that's probably shot in the high class, like fancy place. And then when you're just like, no man, this is like, you know, just a tiki bar that I go yeah. to. I'm just still like, all right, cool. Like, yeah, it, it looks great. But it's local venue. Yeah. Tell um, people about the song and just a little bit of like, I know it's still kind of early out, but how have you received like the reception been? Have people been like, shut it off, go home, Jesse T. <laughs> you suck. So <laughs> um, yeah, the song is called I Can Be Your Margarita or Margarita for short. Um, and it was 
It was a song that we wrote during the pandemic. It was really just a hang with a bunch of my buddies. So Rich Cloak, David Madras, Greg Williams, and myself. And we called ourselves like the dream team. But we we basically were sitting down and trying to write through this like really complicated love idea. It wasn't going anywhere. And Rich was like, does anybody just have like a lighthearted, easy idea we can tackle? Yeah. I was like, I do. I have this idea kind of comparing myself to Margarita. And the song really and quite quickly wrote itself. It was a bunch of inside jokes, like just supposed to be as hilarious as we could make it. And I never really imagined it as a single until I started playing it live. Cause at that point I would play it by my folks or like, you know, my friends on the phone and people really started responding to it. So I was like, okay. So I started playing it on live and I started playing it, you know, when we could play in bars and stuff and just, the live response from it was really what kind of drove me to record it as as a single. And then the video itself was shot at a local bar here in Kitchener called the Grand Surf, which has amazing drinks. And they're in these like really cool like tiki glasses and like burnt pineapple on the sides and like the little umbrellas. You feel so fancy. And that was like immediately was where I wanted to shoot this video. I had no idea what I wanted the video to be about, but I knew that I wanted to include them. And uh, it was actually my boyfriend that was like, we should do this, like, why don't you do like a margarita making competition where no one knows what's in a margarita? And I was like, that is genius. And so it's a bunch of my buddies, again, Rich Cloak, David Madras, so two of the writers on the song, Josh David, who's like a phenomenal artist, and my boyfriend himself were the four guys in the in the video. And I let each of them choose their own concoctions, which was an oversight on my part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we were just, we were like, how chaotic can we make this? And I'm so happy with how it turned out and just there's been such a positive feedback um from the song itself and from the video itself i think it's just like it's a different side of my character that people haven't really seen before you sit down with me in a conversation and i like uh, i like to joke around i like to yeah, be funny yeah. I usually am the only one laughing at my jokes, but I, I think I like to be funny. And so this kind of was a, a, the ability to show a little bit of that side of myself for, for the first time. So it's, it's been pretty cool. I feel like if you had your time back, you would have, you probably would have been like, you know what? Like, I know I'm letting them ha come up with this idea of making their own margaritas, but like, let me just rethink that one because it's like, literally like, you're just still like, why, why did I, why did I agree to this? Yeah, you know, like I, I look back at some ideas that I have that I greenlit or like let my buddies in, be involved in, and yeah. I'm just like, okay, like he's my buddy, but maybe not the wisest choice here. Yeah. Like you know, and then sometimes you're just like, okay, that that does make sense, but to each their own. I mean, you look at the hindsight of it. If it does well, you're like genius. If it doesn't do so great, you're just like, all right, blunder, but we learn from it. But so far, so good. So that's that's where we want to head. I, I want to ask, because especially now where you mentioned in 2016, you had like your first kind of album, uh, your first kind of, I guess, CD out. And now it's been this long. Like, I know you prior to mention it said that this was a whole process of writing, developing your craft. So like when you eventually released your, I think it's in 2023, I read that you're coming out with one. What was the whole mindset of 2023? And what things did you think you changed from the first time around? So it's interesting. I was uh, at a writer's round with Nicole Ray a little while ago. There was like a bunch of like female artists. It was one of her all women shows. And there was this running joke about an artist's version of soon. Okay. I have new music coming soon. I have a new album coming soon. There's a video coming soon. Soon can be anywhere from like two weeks from now to like three years from now. <laughs> And this album has been a little bit of that. We got a local grant Waterloo arts grant, um, thank God for funding. But that was really a kind of stepping point to to the end date of this whole thing. And I had kind of a whole catalog of music that obviously I'd collected over over the years. But with getting this grant right before the pandemic, and then to the point of the art that we kind of created throughout that time, there was this new influx of like, stories that kind of came out of out of me and out of some of the experiences that I had during that time and it just really felt like the right kind of catalog so with you know the album previous a lot of those were my 
kind of highlight stories to that point in my life, the highlight songs to that point. Um, whereas these kind of collection, it'll be a little bit more mature sounding because obviously it's been six years. There's a lot less about alternative characters and it's it's more like personal of like point of views, I guess. But title track, which was my last single that was released and Margarita will both be two singles off of that. And then we're going to have another one out probably uh, early February, March, and then the album should be in the spring. Okay. And like, yeah. was there anything like particular in mind of why you chose like spring per se, or was it just more or less like, you're like, Hey, I want to have time for these songs to kind of be out there and see where yeah. they go. And then an album. Cause some people are just still like, Coming out with a Christmas album, like it is September. Can we yeah. at least let it settle in? And then some people would be like, November 1st, hey, uh, like, and you know, they prep for it for a while, but then they're just kind of like, hey, November 15th, hey, I'm coming out with a Christmas album December like 3rd. And you're like, quick, I like it. Like, you, I know you worked on that for about a good solid couple of months, but at least you didn't just plant it on me in September. I'm like, hey, I'm like, we haven't even got through Halloween. We haven't got there yet. Yeah. yeah. And, and even like the, like I'm doing like a super soft kind of just in these conversations, letting people know there, there is a project coming, but it was, it was really, again, the end date that just kind of kept getting pushed. We released title track in October of last year, and we were hoping for uh, Sirius XM, obviously for it to get on there. And it didn't until January. So it and then once it was on, it was on for a few more months. So then all yeah. of a sudden, the idea of releasing another song at the end of January didn't make sense anymore. Yeah. So we were kind of like, okay, well, let's ride this wave. And then when Margarita was ready to come out, we're like, well, it'd be weird if I just released one song and then an album. So let's release Margarita. And then you're not going to release an album at the beginning of the year because then you can't tour it. So it's like, well, let's do three songs and then have the album in the spring and then that way i can kind of shop it and and sure. sell it hopefully yeah. for people uh through the through the summer 2023 shows so even the summer is starting to kind of fill out a little bit already which is awesome so i'm just excited to have a new tangible product and yeah. some new tunes for for folks so like i also read and again like sometimes reading can be good sometimes it can be like horrible because you're like oh like these are not true but it's like I read now we've had him on before. I thought he was like a super kind of easygoing guy, but like Jason, I think it's like Jason Blaine. Yeah. Uh, like you are kind of like a background singer sometimes when he goes on tour as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know that you uh, share the stage with like the Reclaws, uh, mm -hmm. Jesse, uh, I, I, I can never pronounce her last name, but it's like Matt Maskaluk. Maskaluk. Yeah. Close. Uh, I know there's going to be people out there that want to cancel me right now. Uh, but like, how do you find those experiences and just like because i know a lot of things like i'll give the example down here like we have an act rachel cousins uh mm -hmm. from newfoundland but like she's her own artist but like sometimes it's like a newfoundland kind of bubble and i feel like it's music in general if an artist yeah. that you know calls you up and says hey i'm getting ready to go on tour like technically we already have our singers or our opening acts but do you want to join in some capacity because you're you're like a sponge you're learning so yeah like when you get that call is there a part of you that's like, yes, or is there a part like, oh man, could you could you put me on the card somewhere? <laughs> yeah, a uh, little A, little B, and also a little bit of like, oh shit. Um, <laughs> okay, let's yeah. do this. Um, yeah. But the Jason thing has kind of been the first of its kind, like supporting an act. Yeah. Um, and all, obviously, like I've listened to Jason's music throughout most of my life like i have absolutely been such a fan of of him and like again what he creates so it's been really cool to be able to sit, stand side stage and like not only support him but also learn it's yeah. it, you know we played main stage boots and hearts this year so to be able to be on that stage before it was my turn was pretty cool because then all of a sudden when i do have that opportunity i'm not gonna say if when yeah yeah it it won't feel hopefully as like oh Daunting. my god yeah. exactly and you know with you know the rec laws or jess moss glue paul brandt uh, all the posters are back there by the way but uh it's it's just really cool to be able to be on stages that those people are going to perform later at night you know, yeah. get to do your set and then hang around and see the pros kind of doing their thing. And also like 
I'm, I'm such like, I love learning, like standing, watching, seeing what people do, what works, what like doesn't all that kind of stuff. It's really cool especially with those acts that are so fine tuned yeah. to be able to like stand and absorb that information and then take it back and apply it hopefully to my shows. So it's, it's, it's a pretty cool thing to get the call. Yeah. I feel like the one that I forgot to mention, but it's just got to tip my tongue and I was like, Oh, I knew I forgot some, but like Adam Gregory is another one. I like, yeah. man, like I remember watching like CMT when I was younger and seeing like the Newfoundland acts we have here, but like Adam Gregory and I, I will say this because I've said it to his face, so it's not like I didn't say it to him. But like, I remember as a kid watching Adam Gregory, and he had like the short hair, and he's like sixteen, yeah. and I'm only like maybe six watching No Vacancies. Yeah, you know, big star, and I'm like, man, this guy can like really belt it out. And I'm like, how old is he? I'm like, what? And then when I see like a recent picture where it's like say longer hair and a beard, I'm just like, there's a part of me that kind of like just wants to rib him a little bit and be like, Oh, look at that teen idol. He's going through some stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, he grew up. That's what happened. But yeah. And then you listen to like dirt or like a dirt road therapy. And I'm just like, okay, he still has the pipes. Oh yeah. I'm just like, man, is it the same guy? Is this like the Avril Lavigne experiment where they don't know if it's Avril Lavigne got right? taken away or like, is that really Tom DeLonge? What happened to Tom DeLonge? I'm like, nah, right. it's Canada. The worst thing that could happen is like, Oh, he got hit by a moose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, it, it's so true. Like touring with Adam, that was uh, for the stories and songs tours. So like a lot of people that, again, I grew up listening to Michelle Wright, Beverly Mahood, Dwayne Steele, Adam Gregory, Steve Wilkinson, like, oh, yes, um, Steve. Yeah. yeah. So uh, for the, those were two different things. There was a country Christmas tour, uh, which was Sean Hogan's and then the stories and songs, which was Jamie Warren's, which are very similar kind of um, nature in regards to how the show is organized. Like I would go and uh, for Jamie's open up the night and then they would have the three artists kind of sitting there and doing like a songwriter round. Whereas with Sean's, I was part of the lineup. So I was on stage with Adam and with Steve and Thomas Wade. And it was wild. I was like sitting, like literally standing here looking at Steve Wilkinson singing 26 cents. I was like, Oh yeah. What is happening? There's, this is there's, my there's, there's gonna be people out there like you guys are just like really Canadian, eh? Like this is like a How I Met Your Mother episode where it's yeah. just like Robin just keeps on dropping Canadian references, yeah, and all exactly. the U.S. audience is like, "What?" But like, what? just the Canadian ones, they're like, "Yes, yeah, got it." You say twenty six cents. My immediate reaction is getting driven to, uh, like, I guess was it uh, uh, swimming meets or like you know learning yeah. how to swim, and then my mom yeah. had that on. Or like this, uh, 1999, I continuously yeah. will listen to that song. But I'm like, man, like people understand that reference. Like How I Met Your Mother. Like my friends make fun of me from Ontario for this reference. But I think it's like Barney goes through like the sex acts. And it's like the Canadian sex acts to find out what person Robin did it with, what act, blah, blah, blah. And he right. goes, yeah. And he, and he names something and it's like the Newfoundland lobster trap. And I'm just like, that's more Nova Scotia. <laughs> But it's like Robin goes, I don't know anything about that. Those newfies are crazy. And I'm like, there are people out there that are probably going to want to cancel you because you said newfies. But I'm sitting there with my friends. And I'm like, we are a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't take offense to that at all. I'm like, just like that. They included us, at least in the show. And if they can't say Newfoundland, right, at least they just said newfies. And yeah. I'd prefer that than someone like that's from Canada. Go like, I'm going to Newfoundland or Newfoundland. Oh. I'm just like, please, please yeah. just try just try. Yeah. You got um, this. I support you. <laughs> you. You got it. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. to kind of clue it up we have a fun aspect that we like to play i'm just going to see if it will generate here for me it's called random question generator 
I think it's fun because I kind of lose the aspect of the podcast and people are like, yeah. good, he shuts up. And I'm just like, hey, mom, stop. Yeah, but, stop. Yeah, this is stop. This is like, this is my time. Um, yeah. So we'll play a game. And if you don't want to answer the question, just throw it to me. Uh, okay. we, can, we can come with another one or I can answer it. Uh, okay. So this one's a little bit cheeky. I feel like it's a hard one, but because a lot of people are humble and modest. I'm not. Okay. Uh, but like, what was the best compliment you've ever received? Like your whole life. I ever received. <laughs> um, I, I don't know why this one, this is not a good compliment, but I remember, um, yeah, I remember the good, like the bad. Ones. This, yeah. Right. I, I remember bartending once and this guy comes up to me and he goes, Hey, you're a pretty good singer for a waitress. And I was at the time. Now that is definitely not the uh, the best compliment that I can think of, but uh, for whatever reason that stuck out, and I've always said if I was a better bartender, I'd probably be a shittier musician. So um, I'm gonna say there was a lot of like things I could have dug into, but I was taking that. Yeah. That was my life path I was supposed to follow. <laughs> That's fair. Like, you know what? Kind of similar to yours when I was playing soccer up away. Like, I'm a decent soccer player, not the greatest, but, like, I know what I'm doing for the most yeah. part. And yeah. someone was like, why are you playing striker or forward? You have long legs. You're a better defenseman. I'm like, okay. A part of me is like, at least he's acknowledging that he thinks I'm better defenseman because I'm tall and long legs. Yeah. But the other part of me was just like, or is he saying that I'm so bad at striker, yeah. but you'd probably be good at defense because you're like, you know, it's like when you go to a tall person, you're like, you probably play basketball because you're tall. It's like, it's the equivalent of, hey, you're shit up front. So go yeah. back because you have long legs. I'm like, I'm not going to argue. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm just here for fun. But if you think I'm better back there and, and sometimes it works, but I still feel like yeah. as a defenseman, I'm like, dude, I want to score. But really, when you get older, you realize a defenseman's job isn't necessarily to score, it's just to stop others. So if you come right. off the, the, the field or ice and you didn't let anyone score on your shift, you're not getting pats on the back of like, awesome, but internally, they're just like behind the scenes. So like, he did his job, no one scored. Oh, yeah. Awesome. And I'm just like, can you say that more loud so that yeah. I feel confident? Because silent heroes. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> exactly. What bends your mind every time you think about it? Okay, this one's gonna give me the heebie-jeebies, but <laughs> the fact, some like that there's, uh, it was it ten spiders or like there's a spider within an arm's reach of you at all points. Now I don't know if this is like a folklore, like an urban legend kind of thing, but I I can deal with pretty much any bug. Spiders, absolutely not. And yeah. so the idea that there would be a spider within like it, it just makes my skin crawl. And also this morning I was sitting there having my coffee and I was like doing emails and all of a sudden I see this like thing drop and it, and I get a tickle on my hand and it was a spider and it had landed right on my hand. And I was like, ah! and of course, like I jump up and then I go, well, where did it go? And fortunately I got it, but yeah. that, yeah. I don't know if that is really an answer to your question. No, no, that that's yeah. fair. It's basically the thing that bends your mind is like, how are you always here? How is there? How a am I still alive? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. There you go. There's the deeper dive. I was going for like, how does the spider exist? But you're just like, how have I not been eaten alive by spiders? But have I not uh, died of fear yet? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. What's well, something you learned in the last week? Actually, um, so I started taking uh, guitar lessons. Right. So I've been fully self-taught. I've learned off people that I've kind of played with. But I started taking guitar lessons a few weeks back. And so I had a guitar lesson last night. And I am currently learning to play green sleeves, like uh, finger picking because I want to be like Lindsay L one day and be able to like shred. Nice. So I would say uh, the green sleeves. I'm learning to like solo and like play the melody. I never knew that she knew how to shred. I mean, for the uh, listen, I, I I can't be. I'll be honest and say like I haven't done a deep dive into like her career or anything. But like yeah. some of the music videos, and I get it. She's like the center point of the music video. So yeah. it's like most times you just see her sing, dance, or perform, and then I'm like, okay. I don't see yeah. a lot of shredding, but that's a good, it's a good thing to know. I mean, totally. she's yeah. a killer guitar player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely check her out. What makes you, it says, what makes you cry? Uh, almost everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I, I mean, when, when we joined this conversation, you're just like, I'm so happy to be here. It's so nice to be here. Yeah. Honestly, like really like 
tender moments, I think. And this is like a little bit of a a sad spin, but I, I lost one of my really good friends in January of 2020 and way before he was supposed to go. And so it, since that moment, I really kind of take, try and live more in the moment. It's so easy to get caught up on social media or on your phone or on work and all that kind of stuff. But when I'm having conversations with people, I need to not think too much about kind of the idea that we're all here just for a short period of time. But when I, when I kind of dig deeper into that, that's, that's an easy one to start the waterworks. That's fair. I mean, I won't leave you high and dry on this one, but like I find, I, I don't care if people make fun of it so much, but it's like when I was younger and I'd say even to this day, like seeing commercials on about like adopting dogs or pets. And then they used to have like the Brian Adams song. I think it's the Brian Adams song of like, that that one as well and then they had like i I think i don't know i'll find it some way but it's like just a really old 80s song you can tell the video is like an 80s soundtrack and everything and i'm just like man like you i know older like the older me looks at this and like oh this is a good production value they want to make you feel sad and like this dog they didn't actually leave in the road they like but they want to make you because there are dogs that get left the road and i get it but there's a part of me, like when I was older, or I guess when I was younger, I was just like, you're videotaping the dog in the road. Just take it. Like, why are you, why are you asking me to adopt it when yeah. you're right there? And there's like, just, a, like, there's a really old one. I think it used to come out at Christmas time. I don't even think it's Christmas related, but it's like piss pouring rain out. Everyone's in a traffic jam and they see this little puppy walking across the road and it's drenched and someone just takes in the car and then like the, uh, the mom, and then it's just like, adopt a puppy blah 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 i'm just like how do you know they adopted the puppy they could have just been like you look wet we're gonna bring you in and then once it starts to dry off we'll let you go again because we don't even know if something like now back in the day you do that today it's almost like you don't have a collar on you but god you this is like a nice neighborhood someone has to own you back out you go yeah no you don't no (laughs) i feel like that that's what makes me cry or like uh as cheesy as it sounds to make fun of it the other way is like i watch a lot of full house and family matters and all that and oh, they go to that yes. that moment where you hear the music hit and it's like michelle yeah. why did you leave the house today because you all didn't love me i'm just like i'm like okay just leave the room for a bit then you so, come back you're like you're like like damn it michelle <laughs> yeah come on yeah. yeah other people crying is like i will 100 percent cry yeah yeah i feel like that's when uh that's when I'm like a Chandler and I'm just like, I can offer you a sarcastic comment and like leave. And then, yeah. like, man, I knew Tobin was always an ass. It's like, no, Tobin's just overly sensitive. Yes. So he doesn't want to show that. Um, if you could have any superpower, why would it be and why? That's hilarious. I thought you were going to say soup or. <laughs> well, if you could have any super like soup or power, what would you have? It's like, obviously the power. I don't want obviously soup. The soup. Of course. <laughs> Um, if I could have any superpower, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking on what it's called when you can like just teleport to different places or Teleportation. like, yeah, like ju- no. ju- like just going wherever I would say that would probably be a superpower I would love. Cause like so much of my life is driving and I'm always like 15 minutes late. It depends on who you ask. Some people will say yeah. more. Um, but like I, I, my folks, since I was been a little girl have said, I always try and fit 27 hours in a day. So if I didn't have to drive someplace, I think that would significantly improve my life. And that would be my answer. I feel like mine would be, um, to read minds now, like, you know, like I can, I can deal with flying. I can deal with traveling. Like, cause I'm not like overly big on that, but like to me, yeah. um, because I'm also a dude, it's like when it comes to like a dude talking to another dude, instantly I know if we connect or not. When it comes yeah. to like me conversation with like a girl or like yeah. a female, especially when I was in university, it would be good to know right off the hop. And I don't even have to say it out loud. I was like, I know you're not interested, but if I'm just like, hey, it's like we play soccer together and their mind is like, oh God, I'm just like, all yeah. right, generally just have a nice conversation and then mosey yeah. on out of here because you know that because yep. you've read her mind knowing that she's like jesus christ leave me alone i'm just like gotcha right. rather gotcha. than just be like like oh yeah we totally play on the same team yeah i'd love to have teams with you and then like later on you're still like she did not want to have teams with me <laughs> she, she was just trying to be the very very nice but 
I will argue with friends. I'm like, she could have just told me to F off. I'm just like, and then look, who's the monster then? I'm like, well, it saves her like three or four times of this happening. And it saves me from doing this three or four times. So like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's my go-to superpower. People are like, that's a lame superpower. I'm like, man, it saves me in the long haul. Mental, right? Mentally. <laughs> uh, the last one we have here. Oh, this one's, I like this one. If you lost all your possessions, but one, what would you want it to be? So I got a cat during the pandemic. Um, so if I she would toss him aside. He's not coming. No. Yeah, exactly. If if she, she I think that's like a given because she's not a possession. She's like yeah. a, basically my she's child. A family member. Exactly. I I mean I would be hard pressed to leave my guitar behind if I'm if I'm being honest. Uh, I have my tailor, and that is like. I, I love my guitar. It's like, we've just been, you know, it's, it's, it's brought me through a lot, but I also have some like fam, family heirloom stuff. Um, actually one possession. I know exactly what it would be you, either my guitar or there was a necklace that my parents made me a few Christmases ago and it had a bunch of, they had like old rings from my grandfather and my grandmother that have all passed away and they had it made into a pendant. Okay. And all of the jewels from the rings are inside of it, but there's the one pendant that is kind of like an accumulation of all of these things, like a ghost Eddie ring that my dad got for my mom and all that kind of stuff. So I, I think family, family wise, I'm a big family girl, but that would probably be one of them. I, yeah. I really don't know what my possession would be. Cause like, you know what, like if it was off the top of my head, I'd be like, Oh yeah, I want to take my PS five, but it's like, all right. And what else? Like what, what are you hooking your PS five up to? I'm like, Oh, true. It's really right. it's a deep dive question. I feel yeah. like if I had to be like, oh, like, honestly, you have to take one thing. I don't know. Maybe just a, a family photo album. That's probably like, like just something that you're like, all right, like this is, this is it. Or yeah. I don't know, maybe a pillow. Cause who knows? Right. And it's not as, it's not as sophisticated or deep dive. It's just like, man, if wherever you're going to take me, can I at least have a comfortable place to lie in my head? That's like, that's a good answer. Yeah, yeah. People are, just are like people. Answer. People are gonna be like, you just left everything off the table, and you're just gonna take a pillow. I'm just like, I can sleep comfortably, like whatever. Uh, well, um, all the rest of us have a pendant. We're sleeping on the yeah, gravel. Yeah. Like, right. at least I have this pendant, and it's like someone's just like, hey, at least, at least I brought my LED lights. I'm like, you hook up the LED lights. You do. Yeah. This. We're gonna create our own jungle. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. What yeah. a rave it'll be. Yeah. And then like yeah. Randy Travis, when the world, it's like, what is it? Will the circle be unbroken? We'll play in the background. Yeah. Like, be like, all right, who's the idiot who brought in the Randy Travis CD without the CD player? Well, I asked for a CD player. Be like, all right, hook them all up. We got it. Yeah. Uh, uh, the last thing I want to ask you. Oh, this was not so random, but it's good. It's like, uh, what's your favorite podcast? Ooh. What is my favorite podcast? I've actually just got into podcasts the last little bit, but I've been, I, I really do like true crimes. Those are kind of interesting. So there's a Canadian true crimes one that I've been listening oh, nice. to, but, I, but honestly, I kind of switch around. Like there's some on like psychology, there's some on relationships. Um, there's just some like general talk stuff, which is always fun too, but the one that I've kind of been more consistent that, or uh, my boyfriend and I w uh, listened to one called behind the bastards. I think it's called. Okay. That one's, that one's pretty cool. It's, it's a little bit dark though, to be honest, because it focuses on different people in history and it'll break down their, like where they came from. And then they're not so great. Their, their bastardry. Contributions. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Man, so I, that, thought, I thought I thought you were gonna go with like Tobin tonight, but like you know that's fair. Oh, of course. <laughs> that's, a, that's a given. No, no. I thought that was a that, given. That's yeah. fair. If someone was just, I, I feel like if someone was just like, all right, so like we just did a live set. What was your favorite part about the live set? I'm just like, you know that opening act, and I'd be like, yeah, that was my yeah. favorite part. They're like, but you came to see me. I'm just like, oh, well, that's a given. But I'm just, just yeah. trying to throw some compliments around. <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Jesse T for coming on to the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying thank you for listening and good night. 
kits. I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we, we the perfect, perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous or sexy. Catch us on, on the Dean Blundell Network or on our YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Because democracy, democracy is, is something, something you do. do. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.